for me, parkour is kind of that, um, the fusion of mind and body that lets you discover these puzzles and, and then solve them. Because I think a big part of it also is finding the puzzle in the first place. That's like half of the skill is just to see it. And then the other half is to kind of execute. Hi, Louis here. I hope you had a warm Christmas and that your holidays are going great. This week on Swapping Shoes, we had the pleasure to chat with Max Henry, a real OG in the game. His movement is pure delight, strong but light, creative but technical. I was joining the room by Caio, Jan and Camila for this conversation. Sorry for the not really great audio quality and for the delay. You know, it's that time of the year that you don't know what day it is. But I hope you enjoy. This is Swapping Shoes with Max Henry. Hey Max, how are you man? I'm doing well, how are you Luis? I'm good. Welcome to Swapping Shoes, very happy to have you here. Good to be here. I uh, I'm, appreciate you working with my schedule since we are not at all close to the same time zone. Yeah, now but it's okay. Still, still only five o'clock here. Today is very special because uh, we have Caio. Hello. We have Jan. Hi there. <laughs> and we have Camila. <laughs> <laughs> So it's uh, the first time that a Swapping Shoes is recorded with a um, kind of audience or a group thing. And also, other thing that is special is that I never met you in real life. You're the first person on Swapping Shoes that I never met. I am amazed that we've never met somehow. And I know that you've been to New York at least once, right? And uh, twice. twice. Yeah, I think I was out of town when I was living in my van. I was out of town both times, which is... You and Nico Van Hole are like the two people that I somehow have never met that I've always really wanted to train with. <laughs> yeah, I also really wanted to train with you too. It's a shame. But, you know, we're still young and we're going to do it soon, for sure. Yeah, maybe next year. We'll yeah, maybe next year. I think <laughs> can be. Uh, so, I think I'm, it's kind of an unscripted also because as I don't know you on real life, I can actually get to meet you, which is great. How did you start training and when? Uh, I started training in 2007. So this is like the end of my 13th year of training. I was really, so I did gymnastics when I was really, really young. Um, I was pretty competitive. My team was like the best team in New York state. Um, and a bunch of the people that I went to gymnastics with went on to do like pre-Olympic training and competed in college and were really crazy. Uh, but I kind of fell off of it when I was like 10 years old. So I started when I was four. Um, and um, oh, wow. yeah, by the time that I was like 10, you know, after training gymnastics for that long, like I had all my basic acro stuff. I had like bar routines. You know, I was like doing like plunge and straddle press as like a little kid. So I had a really good strength foundation, but uh, our coach left and our new coach was really sketchy and didn't know how to spot. So I got injured like three times in three months. Um, and the last time was really scary. I was like doing giants on the high bar and I slipped off and my coach was supposed to be spotting me and didn't spot. So I just flew across the gym, like peeled onto my neck. And when you're that age, it's like so scary. So 
I went home that day and I think I told my mom, okay, I don't want to do gymnastics anymore. <laughs> and then a couple years later when I was 14, my best friend saw a new special on parkour and I had kind of wanted to get back into something physical. I played baseball and did some other like traditional sports, but uh, I was looking for something like martial arts or maybe something like that. And he came over to my house and told me he saw a new special and he was like, yeah, it's this guy and he jumps off buildings, but somehow he survives and just runs away. And that was how he explained parkour. He was like, yeah, a guy jumps off a building and then he survives. And I had no idea what that even meant. So we went on YouTube and we searched like Spider-Man guy jumps off buildings. And I think like, yeah, the um, En Toujours video, David Bell video came up and then we were both yeah. just immediately so hooked on it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. How many people started training from that same video? Oh yeah. man, so many. I bet, yeah, that was a good one. And such a good soundtrack too. All the old David Bell videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a guy from Portugal actually made one of the compilations of da David Bell videos that has the most views. Uh, the one with Audio Slave. Gotcha, yep. <laughs> that one and then I don't know if you remember the there was like the parkour and free running compilation to Paper Wings by Rise Against yes that was like on constant replay that and then obviously the Vince Clan Oleg video way back in the day yeah good stuff I mean there, there were only like eight videos on YouTube that were good when we started so it was kind of didn't have much to choose yes. from <laughs> um and uh, you you posted a video actually that is amazing thank you man so good such a really good video really i really love it only action it's only action and the music is very old school too you put gangstar together with watermelon man because yeah. i was really surprised i was like oh watermelon man <laughs> yeah my dad is a jazz trumpet player so i always try and like use a little bit of jazz from time to time <laughs> since that was kind of what i grew up listening to oh your jazz head yeah well not as much as i used to be but yeah i love like i moved to i moved out here to denver colorado uh like two years ago and this was the first year because of covid that i didn't get to go to new york at all so i've not been to where i grew up in over a year and it felt like really weird to spend a whole year without visiting my home city uh so when i was editing this i was like yeah i mean jazz kind of like has a lot of its roots in new york city you know guru gangstar most def all kind of like got popularized brooklyn and new york so i wanted to do it as a little bit of a tribute since that was where i started training and yeah i didn't get to didn't get to visit this year and the whole video is recorded in 2020. Yep. Yeah. Everything is from Everything Denver. Everything is from Denver. Uh, most of it, I, we went to Missoula, Montana. I don't know if you know uh, the Unparalleled Movement guys. It's like Kent Johns and where Nate Weston lived yes. for the last couple of years. Um, so Christine, my fiance, and I went up to Missoula in April before kind of COVID got crazy up there and we were allowed to travel by car. So we drove up there and spent like a week training in Missoula. So some of the clips are from uh, up there as well, but most of it's from Denver, yeah. 
one thing that of course there's a lot of things on the video that i really love um once because you're all a tank of course uh, the other one uh, is I, I i like to see the maturity on your movement you can clearly see that this is some the someone that is uh, very uh experienced with parkour and most part of your challenges are this creative weird thing that you need time on parkour to be able to see that and i really really appreciate it uh, so here is a question that i never asked on swapping shoes what is parkour for you oh man um so i think that it changes a lot as you mature in the kind of training process um if it's like if you mean like a definition i think the closest definition for me is probably not the like reach escape or a to b but uh just kind of like using your mind and body to like create challenges in the physical environment around you and i think that's like always been the most interesting thing about parkour for me is taking the space that you have and finding that like one unique movement opportunity in that space that just naturally exists but you won't see it until you've trained for like 15 years and then all of a sudden you see like the perfect place to do this one really specific like really technical challenge and it's kind of like uncovering buried treasure when you go to a spot and you're able to find those types of challenges uh, so i think that for me parkour is kind of that um the fusion puzzle. of mind and body that lets you discover these puzzles and and then solve them because i think a big part of it also is finding the puzzle in the first place that's like half of the skill is just to see it and then the other half is to kind of execute nice that's very cool uh you're a vegan right yeah for like two and a half years two years mm. and uh, yeah. do you do you feel a difference from when you were not a vegan and now that you are on training performance wise yeah um for the most part no i think it helped me eat a little bit healthier in general um and i cook a lot more now i really enjoy cooking which i didn't i would just make whatever was easy before and when you're eating meat it's so easy to just make like rice and then some chicken and it that's all and you don't really need to do more but to keep it interesting for me since i went vegan i think i've gotten way fancier <laughs> with my cooking skills uh which is really really fun uh and that helped me i think just eat better but yeah i'd say i feel really really good um i think my recovery is the main thing that i've noticed that's improved it's i think it's a little bit uh more steady energy wise for me and then also i I tend to be less inflamed after training. Um, I also found out after I became vegan that I was actually like fully allergic to milk products and some other things, which I didn't know. So that also contributed. <laughs> I hear that a lot about the recovery. It really seems like one of the biggest advantages of being a vegan. Yeah, I was vegetarian probably five or six years ago for like two years as well. And I actually stopped because I had what a lot of people kind of experience where I, I didn't really plan my meals out very well. And I think I just like graduated from uni. So I didn't have a lot of money for buying like high quality food. And it was one of those things where the first year I felt great. 
and then it just started going downhill and I couldn't recover. And then I kind of started eating eggs again. Um, or I started eating like a little bit of meat again and then just kind of incorporated it back into my diet. Uh, so this time knowing what had happened previously, I was a lot more attentive to kind of keeping track of my nutrition and that also helped just like I lost a little bit of body fat and, and maybe like five or 10 pounds of weight in general because I was tracking my calories for the first time. And that's been really helpful as I've gotten past the 19 year old metabolism where you can just eat like pizza every day and be totally fine. <laughs> um, you from many athletes around the world, I think you are one of the most uh, Uh, discipline or it seems to me uh, dedicated and taking training really seriously and I really like it you can see it in your body like your tank and um, <laughs> and you can see like you make a video of uh, 11 minutes long that is only movement and it's all really high level movement so it's really cool and you train conditioning right you weight lift and stuff what is the ratio yeah, between uh, I really... yeah I think it it changes so I started weightlifting in 2012 uh it was like right after i graduated from high school so i was 18 or 19 and i just really enjoyed so like i said when i was a kid i did gymnastics at a pretty high level so when i was like eight or nine i remember spending entire training sessions for three hours where it would just be like okay today for conditioning you guys have to do 500 push-ups 500 pull-ups and then hold your handstand against the wall for 10 minutes and that was like as an eight or nine year old kid like what was in my head as conditioning and when I started parkour I think I really got interested in like yamakaze style training and I watched the generation yamakaze documentary and I really respected how strong and how hard working they were and I saw like these guys are now in their 40s and they're still able to do this so obviously You know, they're doing something right for their body. Uh, and so from the beginning in my training, I was pretty into like the strength aspect. Um, and I saw it not just as a way to be more explosive and more powerful, but also to move at a pretty high level and feel comfortable when I'm like in my 40s or 50s, uh, which for me is like my long term goal with conditioning is I want to be. I want to be able to like go to a jam when I'm 65 in like a Hawaiian t-shirt and flip-flops and still do like rail precisions, you know, <laughs> with my banjo. Exactly. Yeah. Just full like Master Roshi from Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Max came. He's in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so now it's like it changes based on the season, my lifting schedule. Uh, it's actually like snowing outside right now. So in the winter it tends to be like four days a week of lifting. Um, and then I'll usually do like one day a week where, you know, maybe I'm doing like core or indoor biking or something that's like a little bit more cardio. Uh, and then I'll train as much as I can, but usually that only ends up being like three or four days. Um, and then in the summer, it's mostly just like going outside and training. And then I'll do like a light lifting program where it's like two or three days a week. All right, uh, tic-tac, you ready? Yeah. Okay. So, flat or cushion shoe soles? Flat. Coffee or tea? Coffee. I'm drinking some right now. <laughs> <laughs> Filter coffee or espresso? Ooh, 
filter coffee. It's a hard one though. Rails or walls? Rails for sure. Nice. Front flip or back flip? Ooh, I think back flip. Writing or playing music? Oh man, that's really hard. <laughs> um, I think probably writing, but it changes so much. Like every six months I'll switch. <laughs> right now it's writing. The classic Ilabaka over Slav? Mm. Oh, Ilabaka. Really hard though. <laughs> and we have a hardest one that we thought together. Kalum or Andes? Ooh. Oh man. That's, <laughs> that's an impossible choice right there. Uh, I'm gonna say. Callum, just yeah, I'm gonna go with okay. Callum. Sorry, Andes, I love you, but you know, Callum was like the main person I watched way back in the day. So yes, man, really, Callum is like uh, he inspired us when we started training, and he still is a beast up until today. Yeah, his 2010 summer video I probably watched like once or twice a week when it came out that year like that was just like on repeat on my computer for probably like three months <laughs> there was always a window open with that video yeah exactly did you did you watch a lot of blaine videos also because you put gangstar on your video oh yeah that was actually so his excelsior which i think is the one that has above the clouds with gangstar that was like the first time I'd ever listened to hip hop because I grew up with like jazz and kind of like classical music and I never really heard hip hop except occasionally on the radio and I was just like damn all right this is a bop like <laughs> I never knew it was it sounded like this and that kind of got me into like 90s hip hop which is what I listen to a decent amount now and then your parents were worried about you knocking on your door. Max, what is that you're listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've, we're going to need to put you on a, a jazz diet for the next two months. <laughs> what would you consider that was the best phase on your parkour life? Oh, man. That's so hard. I know. Uh, I think the, like, the phase that I have the most nostalgia for is probably like the 2009 to 2010 kind of years. So that was when like all of the Chris Ilabaca videos were coming out and the kind of like Phil and the Cambridge community were making a lot of content. Um, that was, I think, when I first started watching Line Team and you guys were putting out like a lot of really sick videos and uh, right before like GUP as well. That that era was really cool because I was still figuring out what parkour meant for me and, you know, still like learning so much. But at the same time, I was also really like starting to engage in the community. Um, cause when I started, I was kind of the only one in my area that was doing it. So a lot of my early training was by myself, but yeah, that was like a, a really nostalgic period of training. Yeah. It keeps changing. I feel very nostalgic also about this time. It was a different time. But now is also really nice. Uh, how yeah. about your, your motivation? How is this the fluctuation of motivation? Do you enjoy training as much as you did when you were really discovering? Do you feel like this exploration feeling is changing or your creativity is bigger? How is it? Yeah, um, I 
don't think I've ever lost my original passion for training in like almost 14 years, which is really crazy. But yeah, I feel like it just, I got really into it at the beginning. And I mean, I'm a nerd, like I love to nerd out on things and people that see my content and my videos, like you can tell probably that I'm like a pretty detail oriented person. And so when I started parkour, I went on like the .NET forums and the three run forums and I just downloaded all of the like articles about parkour I could find and I printed them out and like basically stapled them into a book and I would carry this book around to my training sessions like <laughs> reading these articles like oh, okay this article is about like warming up how should I warm up for parkour oh this one's about you know like this is Blaine's dilution article I need some like training motivation while I'm resting and I would like read through my book basically uh and I actually found it when I was cleaning my old room in my parents' house a couple years ago. And it's just like this 75 page, like stapled booklet with all these like old forum articles. Um, but I mean, I think because I got so into it at the beginning, it just, yeah, I don't know. I was like really, really into it and I still am really into it and I still love to nerd out and uh, like if I can't train because it's you know like I have an injury or the weather's bad or something very rarely am I like oh good you know I needed some time away from parkour it's pretty much always like okay start the countdown until I can train again or you know like get some precision trainers in the house and do balance for 20 minutes or something <laughs> yeah the, the book you just you just talked about you still have it yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's actually like upstairs now in my apartment somewhere. Um, I have like a little cubby with some personal effects. <laughs> but Do you think about sharing that? I, you know, I, I would definitely be down. I, I'd have to like find a place to scan it because I think a lot of the articles were on like forums that now don't exist anymore. Um, so some of them were from like PKNA, which was the Parkour North America forum. Uh, and that's where I like met Rez from Origins and some of the other like Canadian guys. And there were articles on there that don't exist and the .NET forums, which I think like some of it is saved somewhere online, but a lot of it just got deleted. If you have it saved, it's very yeah. precious now, it's a treasure. Yeah, it's all like printed out, but maybe I can retype it. Now I want to go and see what the articles are about though, because I feel like reading it now is going to be hilarious. Like, <laughs> um, I, I, I have to be honest that I'm very embarrassed uh, with the fact that I never read your book, man. But I really want it. I heard great things about it. Do you still, <laughs> is, is it still on, on, on sale somewhere? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Um, you can get it on, uh, so No Obstacles, which is like uh, the parkour shoe company. They basically fronted the entire production cost. So I um, have also sold it through their website if people don't want to support Amazon. But also uh, it's available on PDF for free. Like you can go to the parkourroadmap.com and just download the PDF because one of my main goals with writing it is, you know, I was such a nerd when I started and I was printing out all these forum articles that uh, when I saw these forums getting deleted, I wanted to like save 
that knowledge in one place. And I also really respected that so much knowledge when we both started parkour was totally free. Um, and I know that there are a lot of people around the world that, you know, just don't have the, the money to spend like five or 15 US dollars on the book. So I wanted to make it available to everybody. So you can just go on the website and download the PDF. Nice. Thank you. No, but I want the paper, the print. Is it it's still available printed, right? Yep. Yeah. Through Amazon or, or through the No Obstacles site. It should be. I don't think we sold out of everything. <laughs> That'd be nice. How many copies did you sell? Can I don't know. Ask? Honestly, like I, I don't have... So the way that it worked out is the publisher basically just bought like a thousand books and then they handled all the distribution. So I don't know like what the back end of it was. Ah, okay. um, I feel like we've probably sold like 700. I know there's been a lot more downloads as well. Like there's been over a thousand downloads of it, which is really cool. Um, a lot of them were free and a lot of them are from like kids in Egypt and India and the Middle East who, you know, would like send in a thank you email. Um, so that was cool. But yeah, I think somewhere between like five and 700 maybe. Very sick. How old are you now? 27? 27. Yeah. I had to think for a second. Almost 28. <laughs> and you already have a published book. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, your parents yeah. must be proud of yeah, you. Yeah, man. They are. I think my dad bought like six copies when it came out. He was just really stoked. <laughs> he was like, oh, I want to have a copy. I can give it to family and stuff. And then he just kept buying more copies. It's like, all right, man, whatever, whatever you want to do. <laughs> very cool. I'm very thankful also for this uh, piece for the parkour community. It's very good. Uh, so what are your plans now? Keep on training. When are you getting married, man? Congratulations, by the way. When are you getting married? Thank you. Um, probably next year at some point. It's really hard to make plans because of COVID. Um, and obviously, like here in the US, it's still pretty crazy. So we don't really know what we want to do. But it's also kind of a nice excuse to just do like a small wedding and not spend a bunch of money and invite people. So we're like, oh, sorry, there's a pandemic. Guess we're just going to have to get married. <laughs> and spend all the money on a crazy parkour holidays, a honeymoon. Oh, man, we've like talked about what we want to do for our honeymoon. And it's, we're just like, okay, do we want to do... So Christine's family, half of her family's from Germany and still lives there. Uh, so we're like, oh, maybe we'll like fly to Germany and do like a rail trip through like Germany and start maybe in like... Vienna and then go all the way up to Frankfurt and then like Dusseldorf where her family is uh, and then the other half we're like oh maybe we'll just go to Australia and do like two weeks in Australia because it's so far away that otherwise you need a really good excuse to go there yeah that's a very good excuse that's a very good or you can do both if you're saving money now for this that's true that's true yeah it's uh I'm just so looking forward to getting to train and travel again after kind of being you know, shut down, as I'm sure everybody is, and nobody in parkour was stoked by 2020. <laughs> there were, there were the, the, the pros too. Yeah, for sure. If it wouldn't be uh, this year, I wouldn't have the chance to, to have the podcast talking to all my friends and these amazing parkour people. So I have to be a little bit positive too. But I can't wait for 
normal life in traveling and no masks and no people dying every day with yeah. you know, on the news yeah do you have an yeah. event that you're really looking you're forward, really to forward to going to like what's your favorite like, what's your event favorite in europe for training uh i'm not a big fan of big gems i enjoy them to socialize but not to train so much but i really really like yeah. uh, spontaneous yeah. trips just like oh i'm gonna go like last year I was like a board in amsterdam i said i'm gonna go to frankfurt training and it was a like a 10 minutes decision making and getting to the train and staying there three days training this is like i really love it and it's the greatest thing about living here in europe because all the communities they yeah. can be very different but they're still like uh, very united and it's really easy to go to get around yeah. so i really enjoy it um so per yeah, that's probably really thing. what is your favorite gem or event um oh man here in the states probably uh the hubbable jam which is in boston um that one was really it's been a couple of years since i went but that was always like my favorite event uh when i was living in new york because it's pretty close um so like you're saying uh, you know i think distance in america is just such a crazy thing because in so i'm now i'm in denver which is like in the middle of the rocky mountains more west and the closest big city to us is like 400 miles away um so it's like a five to six hour drive to get to like the next major city um and then there's like basically the closest big actual big city to denver you've got like dallas which is a thousand miles south basically and then la which is like a thousand miles west um and everything else is kind of like spread out just because it's the west but in new york you're pretty close to like philadelphia and boston and dc and the hubble jam was always really fun it was just like a good crew people would kind of like split into small groups and then just train super hard and I always got really good training sessions in there. Sounds good. Sounds good. As America is a, a, a road in itself, right? Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> it's very it's just very big. It's very big. And I think when I lived in my van, um, that was like a cool thing. I could wake up and kind of do like European travel because I just had my car and my house was my car. So it was like, oh. There were times where I'd like wake up in New Orleans or like one time I was in staying in Miami and I woke up and was just like, okay, I want to, I want to go train in LA, which is 3000 miles away. But then I just like said goodbye to the people in Miami and like packed my car up and started driving and like got there a week later and trained at all of the like cities along the way. And it was cool to be able to like have your whole life in one place and you could be like really spontaneous. <laughs> that was really yeah, fun. Yeah. For how long did you live in your van? It was like three years off and on. Um, I would like go back to New York for three or four months and coach with the movement creative and like save enough money to like go back and on the road. And I did a lot of workshops on the road and that kind of paid for my life as I was traveling. Uh, and then I would try and like save a little money back in New York when I would go home to see family and stuff. Cool. Very nice. It's a very good idea. Maybe one day yeah. life goes and I put this in my bucket list. It's really clutch, actually. If you don't have 
like if you have the ability to do it i don't know how it is in europe because i know some of the rules for like sleeping in cars and things like that are a little stricter but for for the u.s i think it was like the best thing i could have done for my training and just getting to go and see all of the communities and travel for basically like two and a half years straight was just a crazy experience all right max thank you very much man i hope to meet you in real life in 2021 you and christine should come here you see the, the crew that we have in lisbon now i know lisbon is it's always looked so fun since the flight club videos it's like been one of the main spots i wanted to go to but it just has not happened yet so hopefully soon it's, it's a nice it's, it's a nice place it's a nice spot for honeymoons that's true <laughs> they are very nice beaches and forests and uh you guys can come and train whenever you want we don't want to interrupt your time but he's quick maybe take this under consideration I, mean, i can't go more than like a day or two without training anyway so that's no matter where we go that's going to be a main <laughs> a main concern yeah this would be fun would be awesome for sure thank you for having me on man um i will see you around for sure goodbye Bye. it was a pleasure to be present in this <laughs> conversation lots of interesting stuff <laughs> hope to see you soon yes you too congratulations on moving camilla <laughs> awesome well have a good night you guys you too ciao ciao max see you man ciao <laughs>